All right, today we're joined by Tom Evans, Adidas athlete and recent winner of the Western States Endurance Run with the fourth fastest time ever. And uh, I should say Adidas Terex runner. I always forget to put the Terex onto that. I like it. It reminds me of like um, a dinosaur or something. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's the the uh, the dinosaur team's coming out next year, I think. But I'm not sure I'm allowed to say that. Um, <laughs> So maybe we'll have to edit that out. <laughs> all right. Starting off the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Just spilling all the beans. Um, well, I might, might as well, on that on that note, we'll talk about the, uh, you did run an issue that we're very excited about that we can't talk too much about, but I'm just going to say you took third place at UTMB last year in that shoe. You finished uh, in Western States in the shoe. We've seen pictures of it. They're not that hard to find. It's pretty exciting. Um, so it's the shoe that is really winning. He just gets to ride <laughs> along with it. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. I love it. Yeah, exactly. But, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's super easy. You just put it on and you just become this, uh, you just transform immediately. But no, no, it's been, um, it's been super fun working really closely with Adidas Terex sort of firstly in like the, uh, the innovation side of things, testing. I didn't realize how much work goes into a shoe and how many like different literations we've had of this same shoe that you change what seems like a tiny part of it like you change the foam density by three percent and it becomes a completely different shoe and it's less responsive and the rides way worse and yeah it's been a it's been really fun and an incredible opportunity as an athlete to be able to have yeah to be able to put skin in the game um when it comes to creating a shoe that's not just for me and for elite runners, but it's it's for everyone. It is a shoe that for me it makes the my trail running experience even better. Um because I feel in control yet I go faster. Um and it's just a lovely it's an incredible feeling. And I'm what I'm really excited about is not just me getting to wear them, but I can't wait for at some point in the very, very near future date beep for other people to um yeah to be able to experience exactly the same thing yeah hey, before we go on robbie did you did you sense an accent i did yeah what, i noticed yeah that. were you from texas oh <laughs> uh, no i'm i'm deep south <laughs> all deep right south, we, deep south in the uk <laughs> okay because i figure i heard adidas Mm-hmm. And we we always go back and forth because you know how we are over here in the states. We butcher it. I've given up, Adidas. But yeah, you guys say it right. Well, it, I did want to. You're talking about you know that you're working with Adidas to develop this shoe for Adidas. for a while. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I I always feel when we you know get press communications or talk to Adidas, they're they're very focused or, or talk a lot about the athlete and what it means to them to run in the shoe and their athletes developing the shoes, their favorite shoes. I think there's a very strong athlete focus. And I know this shoe has kind of been in development for a while because we've seen it on your feet for a while. And so is that part of the, they're just getting it right during that whole process? Yeah, so we we actually started the development process of this shoe uh, in, 28 end of 2018 beginning of 2019 um that was then the that then we basically stumbled upon a shoe that were like wow this is really good and it's using 
parts of Adidas shoes and Adidas Terek shoes at the time. And we created the, what's now known as the Speed Ultra. Um, that's a shoe that uh, I wore in at Tarawera 100K in 2019 um and i was then third in the second prototype of that at western states um in 2019 um oh no sorry the first i wore it tarawera 2020 not 2019 so the first yeah first mm -hmm. time it was worn was yeah finishing third at western states and we then stumbled across oh this works really well let's let's go for this let's put this into production it's pretty easy to do as the factories have already got um all of the parts and yeah it's been a I think it's been Adidas Terex's biggest selling trail running shoe um, up till now, which is which is incredible. But the plan was always to create this, yeah, super shoe, this super trail shoe and sort of be really leading the way in technical, um, yeah, in technical trail running footwear and apparel. And yeah, it's I'm super excited that I think we've, I, I've had, we're having a bit of a, a house, organize and clear out at the moment um and i think i've got nine pairs of prototypes oh, of that's the shoes great. and that's just that's just me there's that's not including the ones that have sort of gone to the lab and have been tested sort of by the robots actual robots not people um yeah in the lab and sort of for durability and things so yeah the amount of work it's taken to get this shoe to where it's been sort of, and you throw the pandemic in there as well like it's a super long time. And I think we were definitely at a stage where we didn't want to, we wanted to get the shoe out, but we didn't want to rush the process. Um, so yeah, things are a little bit different, but it's ready. Um, which is what, yeah, genuinely it's super exciting. And yeah, I can't wait for, for the release very, very soon. Let's let's rewind for a second, Tom, because that's great, and we we obviously we're big uh, shoe nerds and and love all that tech stuff. But I want to learn a little bit more about you and some of the things that um, got you into trail running, because nobody starts with trail running unless I guess maybe in the UK you're so into cross country that it just got further and further. Can you give us a little like how did you get into running? What was your influence, and what's made trail running such an important part of your, the way you express yourself? Yeah, so definitely don't have to the standard. Well, I don't think there is a standard route into trail running. Um, when I was a kid, like I was super energetic and played every sport that I possibly could. And like my school reports were always sort of, oh, if Tom can apply himself in the classroom <laughs> as he does on the sports pitches, he could be, uh, he could be fairly <laughs> clever. But um, yeah, that never that never happened. Um, so then left school uh, and I joined the army. Um, and I, yeah, I went to the Royal Military Academy Sandhurst, which is the British equivalent of West Point. Um, so I studied there for a year and commissioned into the British Army, into the Welsh Guards, um, and just played. The, the Welsh are very passionate people and very passionate in particular about three things, singing, drinking, and rugby, um, which normally sort of, yeah, end up going in hand in hand all together. Um, so I played, yeah, I played rugby for the Welsh Guards. I played rugby for the Army. Um, and I just then got to a stage in my career where I couldn't turn up to work on a Monday morning with a black eye um, and a slightly <laughs> broken nose. Um, so, yeah, I sort of, I stopped playing rugby and I'd always been into endurance and I'd like to testing myself sort of mentally and physically. And I found sort of the easiest way to do that was sort of long days out in the hills, um, 
yeah, so I got pretty fit. Um, and then in 2016, I had some friends who did a race called Marathon de Saab. That's a oh, yeah. 150 mile multi-stage race, self-supported across part of the Sahara Desert. Um, when they got back, we went to the pub, um, had a couple of beers, and I rather foolishly said, um, yeah, I re- you guys did really well. You finished in the top 300, but uh, I reckon I can I can do better than that. Um, Wait, have you at this point? Were you ultra running? At, no, or, I've never done a okay. the f- longest race I'd ever done was ten kilometers. And, and, you're, and you're, look at you, minutes. look at you, losers! I think I can beat you across the desert. Yeah, the desert. yeah. I was like, I'm fitter than you, and yeah, I was probably a, my one and only ever alpha male moment. Um, <laughs> I said, Yeah, I can, I can be better than you. And yeah, the next morning, slightly hungover, sort of got reminded about this, and. Uh, Signed up to Marathon de Saab in 2017 and, yeah, ended up being the first um, non-Moroccan male to ever finish on the podium in the race. <laughs> um, I did a bit of... I, Wait, you uh, finished, do you finish in, in third place in that race? In third, yeah, third. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, and so I think... Wait, hold back on. on it, I think it makes Real sense. quick, real quick. Was there an actual bet on the line with your with your mates or was it... Was there? I love that you dropped mates. <laughs> I got it. They're not my I'm mates in there. anymore. <laughs> but yeah, right. Well, did you have an actual bet on the line where they had to pay up, or was it just like no, can, no? It I was just. Pry. It was just I can do. I can do better than you guys. Okay, okay. And it was a. And it out. was then a. Okay, prove it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that then. Fast forward to eight nine months down the line, and yeah, there I was. <laughs> my training for it was so non-specific if i had an hour i'd run for an hour and i'd run as hard as i could for an hour if i had three hours i'd do the same i didn't have a coach didn't sort of follow nutrition anything i bought my watch at the airport before i flew what? um <laughs> okay yeah it was it was pretty wild i'd love to look back at the training for it but it just doesn't exist because i didn't log anything oh, um yeah I have, a- I have absolutely no idea which makes it which makes it quite fun yeah, it's insane because I, I know a, a few people that have run it and I know people that have hired coaches, gone out to Death Valley, run on the dunes, you know, like really practiced because it's it's a different kind of race. It's, I mean, I guess mentally there's obstacles. You're you're just walking over sand for miles and miles, like the the footing sliding underneath your feet right. is one thing, but just the endurance, the heat. And then do they keep they keep you separate? from the other nationalities, right? Like you have tents that are set up specifically for people. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they don't sort of, you can mix with them if, if you wanted to. But I think the thing with the thing that makes Marathon de Saab hard, I think Marathon de Saab is, it's harder for the slower people um, because you're in the heat for longer. Like there is zero shade. The only shade there is, is when you finish the stage mm. and you're then in your, uh, non your tent with no sides um whereas the thing that gets to the faster athletes is the boredom um mm. you because you've got nothing to do like you're carrying everything with you so you've not brought you've not got a phone you've not got an ipad you've not got a book or anything it's a pretty feral existence you're living on the floor for a week eating like freeze-dried ration food that you've carried for the whole thing. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty humbling experience and yeah, really it's super interesting to see like what your body can still do when you feel like 
you're super tired and yeah it's definitely something that i'd love to go back to at some point in the future did you have experiences like that before that race or or before your ultra running career because a lot of ultra running is mental fortitude so did you have things in the army or just other things in life that prepared you for that or how how were you ready for that yeah i think um definitely in the army uh i spent a lot of time um when i was in the army in kenya uh, and spent quite a lot of time in sort of central to northern Kenya, where it gets it's super hot and pretty mm-hmm. sandy. So I did did quite a lot of running while I was out there, um, and that's it, like just under nine, like eight and a half thousand feet above sea level and a hundred degrees and sandy, um, <laughs> which is yeah pretty miserable conditions to do any sort of or to even exist um so yeah so i spent quite a bit of time out there and yeah i think sort of just through being in the military and then growing up playing team sports like i think that definitely does did some pretty hard courses in the military and that definitely yeah you're told to do something or you know what you need to do and you just find a way to do it and i think that's definitely something that i've carried forward sort of in my transitional period from leaving the military to yeah becoming a full-time trail runner and yeah it was fairly easy to fairly easy to adapt and i think you've you can there are so many transferable skills and transferable lessons from trail running to to real life but also from real life into trail running and i think yeah you don't it can be sort of a seamless transition i think and you don't need to sort of put the boundaries up around it yeah and then so you went so then you had i mean you've done a bunch of races but i think some of the ones that stand out where you you placed third in 2019 at western states and then you kind of went through some uh, some physical issues coming between that and UTMB. Um, maybe just yeah. like touch on that for a second, because I think that's pretty important the way that you also rebounded from those to, to do well uh, at UTMB. Yes, yeah, so I had a, yeah, I had a good, so I, yeah, taking a step back, because I had a good 2017, that nothing special, um, race quite a lot in Europe. And then 2018, I had a really good year and sort of podiumed at the trail running world championships in Spain. Um, and I went one CCC at UTMB, um, the year after Hayden Hawks won it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so I guess it was sort of from that point that sort of, yeah, things, my sort of knees were just a bit of an issue. Um, so then spent a lot of time sort of rehabbing after CCC and then got into Western States and raced Western States, then had knee problems after Western States. And yeah, it was just sort of kind of an ongoing thing. And mm-hmm. they've never been that happy. Um, I bet I really struggled to get into triple extension when I run fast from, yeah, my hip, my knee and my ankle don't all extend at the same time. <laughs> um, and then when COVID struck and trail running stopped, I sort of switched my focus to the road and thought, oh, why don't I try and, yeah, let's run a quick marathon. Let's see if I can, yeah see yeah see what i can do is there any way that i could um yeah i could go to tokyo um for the marathon so yeah ended up focusing on the road um ran like a 6303 half okay um yeah and had goals to progress and but having to run fast my not being able to go into triple extension just sort of caused so much trauma um to my right knee um and we just kept we were where we were training we weren't allowed to leave sort of more than five kilometers from the house so i was on a loop around a housing estate oh, and we always went the same way around and it was my right leg so my outside leg that oh, was no. the 
that was the one taking all the force and just didn't really realize till it was uh, too right. late and things got pretty painful and to two weeks before the olympic trials so i had my knee injected so it stopped the pain but the damage was still happening and arguably made it worse because i couldn't feel the damage and yeah ended up having a scan just afterwards and yeah i did I had torn cartilage, I had a stress fracture in my femoral head. Um, oh, I had, according to the surgeon, the worst IT band syndrome he's ever seen. Um, <laughs> Damn, so we tried, we, we rehabbed it for just under six months. Um, and then the week before UTMB in 2021, um, so the year before I raced it, I ended up having fairly major knee surgery. Um, so sort of clearing out the cartilage, um, taking out a couple of the bursts and then also lengthening the IT band, which is pretty rare because 99 times out of a hundred, you can just rehab through, uh, oh, wow. rehab through IT okay. band syndrome, but because the IT band was so tight and I had the stress fracture, in my femoral head, it was just so swollen and just getting more and more aggravated almost by the day. Could you I even, six months of rehab. Could you even walk on it at the point or what? <laughs> yeah, I could, I could, I could walk on it. It was pretty sore and, um, but yeah, it was just like going downstairs was just super uncomfy. And like, I didn't run and it was just, I was just in the gym for like two hours a day <laughs> trying to rehab it, heaps of physio. Um, but yeah, it just didn't, it just didn't work. And so when we had another scan and after rehab expecting the, the surgeon was sort of expecting, oh, he's just complaining a bit, you'll be fine. Right. And looked at the scan again. It's like, it's just got so much worse. Like you've not been loading. Like it looks like you've just had another couple of injections and you've just kept running through it. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty easy decision to make to, to have surgery. And yeah, it was then a 20, the end of 2021 and start of 2022 was just super progressive going back in. Yeah. Rehabbing. Um, I quite like rehabbing. Like I like setting goals and you're able to like achieve your goals, your short-term goals really quickly. Okay. Um, that's a good, that's a good perspective to have on. Rehab. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think you've got to have, you've got to have a good perspective because it, if you look at like the big picture, like mm. things just seem so far away. So it was, yeah, it was just, I just had such short-term goals and not all about rehab, but like I almost saw it as a time where I had more time to do other things. So like I, I caught up with friends who I hadn't spoken to in years. Mm, yeah. Um, and I did way more than I was ever, yeah, way more than I ever did. And like I saw, instead of seeing it as time that I should have been running, I saw it as, well, this is just time that I've been given back yeah. where I can do other things. So make it count. Um, and yeah, then just a really steady progression in the training. There was nothing special about the training. And I'm coached by Scott Johnson um, in the US. And yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, and I guess we just sort of flipped my training on its head. And instead of, thinking like, oh, how much training can your body tolerate? We flipped it around as like, what's the minimum amount of work you need to do in order to give yourself a shot in these big races? Okay. Um, and so after following the surgery and everything else, was the goal to do UTMB? Was that like your well, well, peak before goal? You, before you get to that, yeah. I, I think there's a lesson here for the audience. One, you can be complete trash yeah. and need all the help in the world, and you can come back and uh, win Western States. That's pretty insane that you could be that damaged and, and come back and achieve what you did. And the second one is Robbie's ankle hurts every once in a while, and you should stop crying because you don't need to have surgery to get Get up there. You, you, you no, should be signing up for Western State. The issue, I sprained my ankle this morning. The <laughs> issue is that uh, 
is that when I get sprain my ankle, I look at it as a time to drink more beer. Well, he's like, uh, this gives me a time to catch up on my friends. Well, actually, that's a that's a good question. Did you did you invibe? Did you uh, you know hit the pub while you were doing your rehab? No, I'm a. I very very rarely drink. Um, oh, that might be it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, where where we live, like we live in the. But my wife is a professional triathlete. Um, racing Olympic distance and yeah we live in a place called Loughborough that's sort of the sport capital of the UK um so yeah all of our friends here are uh, are all athletes and when I was yeah when I had my surgery it was sort of middle of the season for them so yeah there was thankfully there were no distractions to uh <laughs> to go get hammered oh, wow. um, but that is a good because, uh, that is a good perspective though yeah. to have to because I think a lot of people as soon as they are injured or have you know, have to rehab. It's just like everything falls to pieces, like their whole existence and persona. But to look at it as a way to, yeah, I mean, training is a lot of time for anyone and anyone who's doing a marathon, ultra marathon, anything. So just to look at it in a way that's like, oh, well, now I have time to do things that reframe. Yeah. So wait, you, yeah, like, where do you, you live in, is it in Wales, this town that you're talking about? No, um, pretty much bang in the center of the UK. Okay. Uh, if you like football, in between Leicester City and Nottingham Forest is where we live. All right, okay. so what's the name of it? If you know if you know soccer at all. I know Robin Hood, so. Football, we know football. <laughs> very near Robin yeah. Hood, okay. very near Robin um, Hood. So what's the name of the town again? Uh, Loughborough. So Loughborough is the Boulder, Colorado of uh, the UK? Pretty much, oh, wow. all right. but at sea level. All right, okay. cool. So, okay, so you so you had the surgery and then was, I'm sorry, was the goal race Western States or UTMB after that? UTMB. Okay. So, was, yeah, the goal race was then, I wanted to just be on the start line of UTMB in 2022. And I hadn't set a goal for the race. There was no, oh, I want to finish on the podium. I just thought, well, just get to the start line in as best possible shape as you can under the circumstances um, that you're in yeah. and yes, just see what you can see, what you can do and, and just enjoy the race Sort of see the race as like an expression of this is how hard I've worked over the last 12 months and we just really enjoy it. And you can then just completely relax. And it was, it then just made the race so liberating and so fun because I genuinely didn't care about the result. Right. Um, I just got, I just got to enjoy it and run on the trails and yeah, spent some time with a lot of with some time we've spent some time with people that i've looked up to in the sport for a long time sort of from killian to jim to zach miller and nice. yeah it was just seriously cool to be able to spend loads of miles and run through the night with them and yeah it was just such a such a cool experience to be able to do and yeah genuinely if i finished first 10th or 100th it wouldn't have changed it wouldn't have changed yeah. a thing it was just i got to the start line pain-free and happy um and that was the goal and so what was the what was the time frame between your the surgery and utmb it wasn't crazy 12 months 12, 12, 12 months, months 12 months one week <laughs> one week that's so crazy. The, uh, and adidas was supportive this entire time yeah really supportive um i went to i think the yeah super super supportive and sort of did everything that i needed i needed to do and i'm also fortunate enough to be a red bull athlete and what people see when you're a Red Bull athlete is they say, oh, well, it's just, it's a huge company sponsoring athletes that don't really do anything. Like Red Bull did everything. Um, 
for me like they paid for my surgery oh, oh, uh wow. i did all of my i did all of my rehab with them our gym was kitted out uh by them so i could do my rehab at home during the pandemic um i then went to austria for a month to their athlete performance center and had yeah either a uh, physio or a pt with me for three four sessions a day for a, a month um and yeah you're just really they just really put they want to get you back. Yes, they want to get you back because they want you racing. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's at your. It's very easy when you're performing at your best for your partners, and I'm incredibly fortunate with the partners that I've got. But when you're performing your best, you're a hot commodity. But when you're injured and you've only got an 85% chance of ever running to a decent level ever again, you really find out then who the partners, yeah, yeah, who are close to you and so yeah i owe i owe a lot to it during my injury i owe a lot to my asterix but i owe my i owe my career to red bull that's oh, wow. amazing um, the red bull thing though is interesting because okay in running and I, obviously adidas sponsors uh, a lot of different sports but red bull really crosses a lot of uh, disciplines including formula one racing and all that stuff do you, did you get to go while you're rehabbing get to go to any formula one races or do anything uh with some of the other uh, athletes i think so when we were at the performance center uh it's basically just full of injured red bull athletes <laughs> it's like um, an old people's home for red bull <laughs> but it's but it's incredible like when would you like i what so i was there um so the two people i spent most time with uh, a guy called valentino who's a um he's an australian snowboarder and he's got the world record for the highest ever jump from a half pipe on a snowboard um and also dominic tiam who i watched play at wimbledon last night um being able to have lunch with such different athletes the lessons that you can learn just by chatting through things and i i was talking to dominic yeah two years almost two years to the day ago when he was injured with his wrist i'm like dude how do you cope with being in a stadium filled with however many thousand fans and followers of the sport and it's just you and one other person out there like how like when i'm running on the trails like i might go 10 miles without seeing anyone (laughs) and if things are hard i can just stop and start walking but you've got you've always got thousands of eyes there and then even more tens of thousands hundreds of thousands watching on tv um and to, to be able to learn those lessons from athletes in a completely different sport that you don't you would never why on earth would a trail runner, a snowboarder, right. and a tennis player ever be? It sounds like the start of a bad yeah. joke. But uh, well, what was his answer? Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. He, he said it's just so simple. It's, he's been doing it for his whole life, and he just focuses on him, and who cares about everyone else? I think that's a that's lesson for and everything. You, and it takes, and it takes, yeah. And it, you just expect, and you see it, and you say, "Oh, I could never do something like that." And he's like, "Well, why not?" Like, he's like, "Oh, I could never." Like, you run a hundred miles for fun, like. It's just, it's madness. So yeah, that was, that was really, really cool. And yeah, you get, um, incredibly, incredibly well looked after, um, by everyone, Mm. which is, uh, yeah, you know, you've picked the right partners when, well, that's interesting. Yeah. You feel like you want to perform well for them because you get looked after so well. Yeah. You said running a hundred miles for fun. And I'm sure once you won Western States, it was fun at the end. Uh, just walk us through a little bit of so that that race 
the result sounds great. Was the entire race great? And was there moments where you're like, this isn't fun? Um, the training for Western States was great. I absolutely loved it. I was in Flagstaff, Arizona for the majority of the build up. And I was living with two really good friends who were also sponsored by, also partners with Adidas Terex, Abby and Cordis Hall. Oh, yeah. And it was just, I just had the most incredible five weeks with them. Like we became almost like a, yeah, they're my American family nice. and just had the most incredible time, felt so at home, felt so welcome. And I absolutely loved it. Um, and I then got to the start line at Western States with the most confidence that I've ever had for a race. Um, yes, a race is, who knows what's going to happen, but I knew that I had done absolutely everything that I possibly could do. I knew I was in way better shape than I was in 2019. Um, I understood the race so much more and I was so ready to really commit to, to the day. Um, and yeah, the race, did it go perfectly? No, there were times that were really hard that I had to dig deep, but I knew that was going to happen. And I got into the headspace before the race, like knowing that I am going to have to go into the pain cave in order to achieve what I want to achieve in this race, it is going to hurt. And if it's easy, like if it's hard for me, it's going to be hard for the people around me as well. And I think in order to win races, if you're racing in the right races, it's going to be painful to win. Um, and I want to race against the very best in the world, at this sport and the sport that I love. So if you're doing it and it's easy, you're in the wrong sport um, or you're in the wrong races. And so, yeah, I knew it was going to be half, tough. So when it got really hard in the race, I was thinking, right, right, well, you knew this was going to happen. This is it. This is where you either make it or you break it and see what you can do. How's, yeah, write the story for your race and um, see what you can do. So when, when you're out in front like that, are you constantly thinking I'm being chased and any second now someone can, can catch me or, or do you have a pretty good understanding of where you are on the course and where your competition yeah. is? So I was running, so I ran with Dakota Jones for like the first 65, 66 miles. Um, and yeah, I was, I was surprised that people weren't, yeah, weren't catching up with us, but like, because Dakota and I were chatting, but we were moving, we were moving really well and we felt like we were going, yeah, felt like we were going pretty far or the right pace that we needed to. And, uh, yeah, when sort of just getting to aid stations, say, oh, at the last aid station, you were five minutes ahead then it was seven minutes ahead then it was nine minutes ahead and you're like oh well we're pulling out a little bit there's no need to stress things there's no need to rush but just let's just keep doing what we're doing and things are working nicely um and yeah it wasn't until i sort of decided to put in a big surge and break away from um break away from dakota sort of at mile 70 uh, just before mile 70 at like mile 68 but i was like right well my legs are good. And, um, when I then got to the river crossing, I picked my pacer up and I told them that Dakota was 10 minutes behind me. And I put 10 minutes onto him in four miles. Um, and then the next person was six minutes behind that. So I was like, cool. I think Dakota's probably fading. So he's an incredible athlete. So you need to still be aware of him and you can't just rely that he's completely died. Um, and then at the next day's station, I was told that I was like 24 minutes ahead. Um, so then from Pointed Rocks, like with five miles to go, I was like, well, 24 minutes is a lot of time to make up. The only way that 
they're going to make that up as if I completely bonk or if I fall over and um, and do my ankle. Um, <laughs> so I was like, right, let's just, yeah, exactly. It can happen. It happens to the best of us. So uh, uh, I was like, right, well, I'll just I'll back off a little bit here. And I knew that I know the climb up from No Hands Bridge to the end really well. When in 2019, I lived in Auburn for the month before Western States. So I reckon I did the climb oh, nice. 20, 25 oh, wow, times. For, for this exact reason so, so i knew right well i know i know i can run up i know i can run the yeah. climb um so i was like right just chill out on the descent just run every step and run across no hands and then you know that you're going to run every step of the way up to the finish line from there and no one's putting 25 minutes into you on that climb if you're running mm. um so yeah i it was in the beginning i was expecting people to come past but when i was running with my pacer and yeah i think your pace is always going to be a bit more positive than a than you feel but um yeah we were just clipping along really nicely and things felt good and just thought right well someone's gonna be running five minute miles if they want to catch and at that stage in the race never say never but um <laughs> if someone's running five minute miles 90 miles into a race i'm more than happy to step to the side of the tread and let them that pass, would be impressive um, yeah because i'm not they may it. have stolen your case of in your case of red bull at the tent right before that yeah at exactly. least robbie's case of all eight got, hour energy, all got some wheelie hour. shoes on yeah, yeah exactly um man that's amazing so do you feel like the you learned some lessons in, in 2019 that really helped you in, in coming back this year yeah 100 percent um my training building up to 2019 firstly like i thought it was good training but it was way more it wasn't specific enough it was very marathon-esque with some longer runs i was like well western states is a fast race so you need to run fast for it and then in reality like yes western states is a fast race but it's like out still outside eight minutes it's like eight i think i was like 8 40 average mm -hmm. pace which isn't fast like you do I'm doing my recovery runs quicker than that. So it's not a fast race. So it was just getting really dialed into the specifics and the specificity of all of the parts of the race. And I think you can break the race into three different parts. Like the first third in the high country, it's a European Alpine race. And then the middle third is you need to be strong descending and then climbing because you basically go down, up, down, up, okay. and then run into Forest Hill. And then the final third is it's fast. Like it pays to be, to have good leg turn over here, but you need to be strong. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I trained, I guess I, I tried to like unpick all the, the details of the race. So I did, yeah, I did some fast stuff. I did some more mountainous stuff. Um, I just tried to tick all the boxes. And then with a couple of weeks to go, we sort of switched the focus to just getting super used to the heat. And it wasn't a hot year this year, but doing heat, training like is still a super important part and i guarantee i i'd be amazed if anyone trained as specifically as i did for this race or sort of followed a similar heat protocol to what i did and i think it was just on the day it was just that perfect storm of i had worked so hard with like with adidas terex of being creating this shoe that i fully trusted to uh, my nutrition being really good and there were just no question marks with what my nutrition was going to be. My cooling strategies, like we'd practiced everything with my crew from like making ice slushies that I could drink to like making my own ice bandanas that were exactly how I wanted it to make it as comfortable as possible rather than just buying one off uh -huh. the shelf. We were like, well, let's, we can control this. So let's control it. Um, 
so yeah, I think on the race itself, like it, it played out exactly how, exactly how I thought it was going to. Um, and yeah, the training was, I don't think there's such thing as a perfect build up to a race, but, <laughs> it um, seems like a... <laughs> in my opinion, this is, this is as close to perfect as I'm probably ever going to get. Um, and I'm happy to put my hands up and say, I doubt I will ever have as good wow. a build up as this in my life. And if I do, that would just be incredible. Well, yeah. Western States is an iconic race. And I think that when you talk about ultras, it's almost at the same level as maybe like a Boston marathon where it's like one of the first and it's, it's, it's got a certain cachet. Um, if you were going to name other races that you want to tick off uh, to, to have your career be, you know, something that you are excited ah. about, what, what other races do you need to, to conquer? So I think the U.S. races, um, I'd love to do Hard Rock. Um, for me, I think it's just such an iconic race. Um, I'd also love to do JFK 50. Oh, wow. Nice. I think it's a really it's a really cool race, and it's possibly on the docket for this Ooh, year. We might um, have to go down for that one. Yeah. I'll just, <laughs> Reporting live. I'll just see how, see, how yeah. things, see how things pan out. Um, and in Europe, it's, yeah, slightly sadistic, but it's, everything is as an ultra distance trail runner, it's UTMB yeah. or nothing. Um, and yeah, having had good success at UTMB last year, but not, I think there's still room to go. And there are very, there are three men who have finished on the podium at UTMB in Western States. Um, Francois Dane, um, a guy called yeah. Killian, Journey, I heard think it, is heard of his him. name. I, um, I have not. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. pretty big he's time. Um, and then this, and then this random British bloke, me, um, which is That's pretty amazing. surreal. And there's no there's no man who's done Western States and UTMB in the same year and done well. Well, um, in, or podium so, at marathon, you have to be. You're the only person that's done marathon to solve UTMB in Western States podium at all three. Yeah, I, would, I, would I think have to, so. I don't I think have, Killian would be into right. a stage race. Yeah, no, Killian's not done a stage. No, Killian and Francois. Because Killian done. would just be like, "I'm just going to run the whole stop. thing in Dude, one that's, shot." That's amazing. Yeah, He'd be exactly. like, hey, "Screw this waiting around." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also the point. I might as well just finish it. So, um, so yeah, the focus is when, now shifted to UTMB and um, see what happens. In, just try and train like when you were yeah. in Flagstaff. Did you ever uh, hit the rim to rim to rim? I didn't. No, I thought, I think rim to rim to rim is great. Uh, I, I only did a couple of runs in the canyon. I think it's it's just too, it's too yeah. hot. It's too degradating on your body. <laughs> I got killed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think there's lots of people who have left their Western States races in the canyon. Mm. Um, and it happens. it happens every year and you see it every year and like, I did a I did a lot of looking back at Jim's training for Western States and like in 2019 he ran in the canyon quite a bit but not in like 2016 17 and 18 he ran so much in the canyon and started dialing it back in 2019 and actually in 2021 like he hardly ran in the canyon at all in the in near to Western States I think so running in the canyon like February March time is absolutely fine and it's probably really good training but I think getting to may and june it's just too it's just too much too soon it's so yeah. hard um and i think yeah i dread to think how many 
souls of people's western states dreams <laughs> um live down there and will forever in the um, canyon that'd be that'd be a good yeah. good one <laughs> where dreams go to die yeah <laughs> yeah, to, to, yeah. yeah exactly oh man that's um so real quick you talked about your uh training and nutrition for the for the race I'm always interested in what nutrition looks like for a hundred miler, especially for elite athletes. What, what did that look like for you? I think it's, it's pretty different. I think when you talk, talk about ultra endurance nutrition, people think, Oh, like what foods are you eating mm. and things. And like for me in a under 15 right. hour ultra, like I don't eat solid food uh, at all. Like I had, I have a, I work with Morton um, as my, yeah, as my nutrition partner, uh, and then Red Bull, obviously. And yeah, my nutrition strategy is super simple. Um, it's I have a bottle of Morton, which is 80 grams of carbohydrate an hour. Um, and I have a gel, which is 40 grams of carbohydrate. So like the hour. so 120 grams of carbohydrate. Is that the 360? The Morton 360? Yeah, it's the 360 and drink then mix. And then um, a gel that is... Uh, similar to the shoe it's about to come okay. out. Snap. i would okay. say though like oh, yeah. man i by the time i finish a marathon which is not 15 hours luckily i am so sick of mortons and gels i can't imagine 15 hours of sucking down just sweet carbs like like i like you gotta have like feel like you're just want salt after that like something just not sweet at all yeah i think it's nice. It's really nicely broken up with Red Bull. Um, and then like, I will, like I'll have normal water and some electrolytes at the aid stations, but during like it's fine. And, um, have actually been working really closely with, with Morton with, yeah, trying to change things ever so slightly. I can't talk too much about it, but there are more and there will be, there are lots of flavors, um, interesting that are in the pipeline. Okay, that would be excellent. Um, yes, it's just so it's, it's so sticky and so sweet that that's like I end up. I love it. I think it's probably the the best for oh, for, for sure. the for running. But I find myself during training yeah. wanting to use uh, mix in other gels and stuff because I just can't take like halfway through marathon training. Yeah. I'm just like enough. Yeah, no i I completely I completely agree, um, and it's the feedback that myself and then lots of other lots of other athletes mostly cyclists because they train yeah. even more than runners um so yeah they have they've listened to the feedback and they've um yeah they've adapted things so yeah in the next yeah this Sweet. year there will be 40 different oh, wow. flavors 14 from uh 40. No, 40 40 i don't even know is there that many flavors that's like running? one of those soda machines that change you can change all the flavors at one like yeah but that's one only machine like that Still but like it's uh, it's done in a very it's done in a very maybe it won't be 40 <laughs> like it, there's got to be steak and eggs. A, there's got to be like what? i mean it's like jelly belly yeah, i'm exactly. willing to try <laughs> popcorn yeah. filling full english breakfast yeah. and yeah all of these uh so but it's done in a very very clever way um yeah if anyone is listening and you through and you've watched any of my youtube videos or any seen of my posts on instagram you'll see exactly what i'm talking about um there is some 
footage and evidence of it I mean, in use, which is, yeah, I honestly wouldn't be that surprised if Morton was maybe part of the matrix when they, and then these, oh. are, these are the foods we're going to eat forever. Tastes like chicken. Yeah. And I mean, like the, what we don't know what chicken tastes like. They're kind of mysterious and their packaging kind of gives off that vibe where we might mm-hmm. be entering into that world. I like I'm not it. sure. I will take the red pill. Wait, is it's the red pill cool. a good one? <laughs> yeah. I think the red pill is yeah. the one that lets you, but no, yeah, you don't. You want to know what? No, I'm staying. I'm staying in the matrix. Oh, I'll so take the blue, blue pill. pill. I'll yeah. blue pill it. I'm like, I'm fine here. This is good. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. You have your recent finishes are somewhat superhuman, so I'm not even sure that I can trust you at this point. But I'll, I'll, <laughs> Dude, you the, might be it's, part of it's, it. It's the Adidas <laughs> shoes, a Red Bull, and some flavored uh, Morton. Yeah. So how much how much Red Bull do you drink, say during a during an ultra? So because I was in a can, like I wouldn't take it with me, um, but it's then in, I would then have it in all of my aid stations. And so depending on, yeah, depending on the temperatures, like caffeine on the effect of caffeine on core body Mm -hmm. temperature, caffeine can increase your core body temperature quite a bit. So I would look at something like if you looked at the, when we were going through nutrition planning for the race, you thought, oh, well, we could use caffeine in the canyons, for example, because it's you want a solid effort when you're climbing out, but also that's the hottest part of the race. So, and I think actually a lot of people make that mistake and they start caffeining at Western States too early. Um, so my plan that we executed, I didn't take caffeine until um, sort of mile 55 okay. um, at Michigan Bluff. And then, yeah, it was sort of, it wasn't particularly measured, but it would be like half a can at all of the A stations after that. So it probably had like the equivalent of, two two and a half cans maybe between um michigan bluff and the finish and it's it's not yeah it's not particularly measured but for me are you taking the for a a caffeine morton's as well no pretty much just red bull like i don't in some races i have um but i guess it just really it really depends on the race like i find more so i might want to be a little bit more specific with caffeine um when I'm like going through a night race and if I've got long stages between uh between mm-hmm. aid stations then I might supplement it with a little bit more caffeine from outside of Red Bull but 99% of my fueling in a race and 100% at Western States okay. with Red wait Bull, when you wake um, up in the morning though, I didn't feel it's like a cup of coffee right okay <laughs> yeah 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 I have a I have a very, I have a very nice coffee nice. machine here. Um, so yeah, it's always so, nice to get home. So I'm a bit of a, a bit of a coffee uh, snob. Nice. Like so I sometimes will have a five hour energy before a race. So do you think I should switch over to Red Bull? You think that's a better idea? All right. <laughs> what are you asking? Just, just let me, let me, let me hear like her a, pitch it. A five hour. En- yeah. Yeah. I think there's just, I don't know how much caffeine's in a five hour energy. I imagine a lot that like your body just can't process it all that quickly and putting you're almost putting your body into like a yeah. serious shock by taking so much so for me like i found that micro dosing on caffeine is so much more effective than having a massive serving so in a can of red bull it's i say it's only it's 80 milligrams of caffeine um which really isn't that much it's sort of the equivalent of like two shots of espresso from some not very good chain are you gonna say starbucks coffee um, <laughs> i love starbucks yeah precisely. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know i I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the last time I had a coffee from there. I found that um, in the UK, you guys it, it, really don't like Starbucks. Like, it, it, I don't yeah, understand. Is it because it's like Starbucks, McDonald's yeah. to you? It's like, a, 
this American trash. Oh no! See, McDonald's coffee is really good. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Actually, it is pretty good. Yeah, I think McDonald's, McDonald's is. If yeah, if I was driving somewhere and I had to stop, um, and there was a choice of like a Starbucks or McDonald's coffee, I'd definitely get a McDonald's looking coffee. Looking for another, maybe a maybe a Big Mac. Yeah. We're looking for another sponsor. Uh, oh, You're loving it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be that would be very yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, I think sort of we've yeah we've definitely done way more microdosing of caffeine um and for me just red bull is just the absolute perfect partner and perfect combination of that and before i was partnered with red bull i used red bull in racing and yeah i find it's just and the micro dosing it's not just one it feels like it's giving you energy but more so for the mental clarity like you look at 99 percent of trail races they all finish with a downhill um that's when you need to be that's when you're at your most tired but you need to concentrate the most so for me, being able to consume Red Bull before that to be able to really concentrate on the downhills because that's where you lose races. Um, and I look back at the majority of my races, like I'm not normally in first place at halfway. Uh, so you've got to make a yeah. you've got to make a surge and you've got to push. And you've got to take risks somewhere. And if you've got that mental clarity from consuming caffeine, then um, all right, you're ready to go. next race. It's Red Bull Dude, before you're, not, start. you're gonna do it. You're gonna have one on the plane tomorrow. Oh, probably. I mean, that's what got me through World Athletics last year, just as a media partner, di- drinking Red Bull, Red Bulls all oh, that's day. That's right, you were. Was it? Was it that? Was was uh was what I, was it that boring? <laughs> yeah, and we were doing that, that much. <laughs> like we were getting up in the real early in the morning and doing runs with people, and then we were going to the media center. And we had we to walk everywhere. To, yeah, like and it's it was pretty far. I gotta to tell you, I know that running a hundred mile Western <laughs> states is probably tiring. But just imagine this. Just life. imagine, yeah, <laughs> walking around. <laughs> oh, we didn't man. get a belt buckle either. No, you should have got to be. I won't. I now won't do anything. I won't leave the house if I'm not getting a belt buckle. I like it. Do hey. you wear the belt buckle around? Uh, I haven't yet, um, but yeah. I will. I, right. I need. It, um, I need to get my. Um, yeah, I need to get a the leather, leather strap. belt. It's not really. It's not really <laughs> should, a thing over in the UK. Okay. 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 What you have to understand is those can be customized. Like they stamp your stuff. You could get your name and your time. Oh, on, on the, the leather, belt leather belt yeah. and then now that then you really cool. boss get yourself some wrangler jeans and a cowboy hat and you i've, I, I've already got i've already got a pair of cowboy boots so um oh you're halfway oh, there dude in yeah, england be you'd be great. like that'd be like me walking around like a beef eater here like it'd be a yeah sight, exactly yeah you know? no i think in a england football shirt with some with sunburn is probably more accurate that's the that's what british people wear <laughs> all right i like it all right um anything we, else though? no i think we should probably wrap it up yeah. we've taken up an hour of yeah. his time plus there was some snafu in the beginning so he's like waiting around <laughs> while we're trying to figure out yeah. technical issues so we really appreciate that tom man you're you're a rock star yeah. killing it oh, no, guys thanks so much for having me it was great fun definitely yeah. all Thank right good luck at every, good luck at everything else you got coming up thanks very much can i thanks, before guys. you before you go can i hear you say adidas but not the way that you say it say it the way we say it adidas Oh, man, that was that's close. Pretty, that's, that's close. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Can you, know, can, you say it, can you say it how I say it? Adidas. Yeah, close enough. Adidas. All right. Well, yeah, it does sound <laughs> We're bad at We're Artie so does. bad at accents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Well, <laughs> I, thank you very much, guys. All the best. Take care and chat to you soon. All right. All right. Take care. Everyone. Thank you.